This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Are you looking to buy something awesome for your friends, family, and probably even yourself this holiday season? Then have I got an idea for you. Head on over to tpublic.animaticast.com today for the last sale of 2019. That's right, all designs are up to 30% off, and classic t-shirts are just $14. And if you go to tpublic.animaticast.com, you'll be helping out not only independent artists, but also helping support this podcast as well. There's some great designs on there, including one immature radioactive samurai slug design that is really awesome, and even a great Tiny Toon Adventures-themed Animaniacast logo. That's right, the logo that you see featured on today's show art is available as a t-shirt, and uh, it's awesome. I have it myself, and uh, thank you to artist Noisy Paper Dragon on Twitter for designing that for us. It looks amazing. So head on over to tpublic.animaniacast.com today for some last-minute deals for everybody on your list. And welcome, everybody, to another Tiny Toons episode of the Animaniacast. Shut up! You just some time to watch my favorite show! And now, back to immature radioactive samurai slugs! We're immature radioactive samurai slugs. We love to thrash criminals and slice and dice thugs. We're totally radical, gnarly dudes. Cowabunga homeboys with nothing to lose. Our arch enemies want to sciadize, but they can't beat us because we're merchandise. Destroy them! The Warhol, Rockwell, Grandma Moses. So kick back, tweets, it's the end of our rhyme. The show's gonna start and it's time to slime. Yeah, all right. Hey, Cowabunga. <laughs> And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Talkin' Tiny Tunes. This is the spinoff series of the Animaniacast, and today we are talking about another episode of Tiny Toon Adventures, revisiting our favorite jokes and all the cultural references that we can handle. And in the end, we're going to give this episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me are my co-hosts, sitting right next to me... For the first time in a long time, it's my brother Nathan. Chill out. Get a life. For it. Get liberal. (laughs) Um, And across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. Hello. Well, this is, uh, in our rotation right now, we sometimes are talking about, of course, Animaniacs. Or Freakazoid. Or Pinky in the Brain. But it was Kelly's turn today. And so, Kelly, you decided to talk about immature radioactive samurai slugs. Yep. And and we didn't really know which one that was at the time. Because I guess there's at least two episodes that 
Well, there's, this is the main one. Yeah. This is episode 48, Mr. Popular's Rules of Cool. So immature radioactive samurai slugs are in, in this. It's There are three major segments. There's Mr. Popular's Rules of Cool. There's Slug Fest. And then Venison, anyone? So, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> So if someone were to ask you about this episode in just a few words, what would you tell them, Nathan? Um, I saw one of the Ninja Turtles in this episode. You did? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and Kelly, what about you? Hi, I love the amateur radioactive samurai slug music theme song. You know, I was shocked that years, I haven't seen this episode in I don't know how many years, but I remember the theme song. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a it's I mean, it's just almost as catchy as the actual Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme. It's uh, it's it's so uh, it's funny. It's a funny, funny song. I couldn't remember the lyrics, but I knew the tune. <laughs> I, I, I just remember the Cowabunga Homeboys with Nothing to Lose. I just think that's such <laughs> a funny, funny line. Anyway, well, Nathan, tell us when. Pray tell, when did this episode first premiere? Okay, well, Joey, this episode premiered on Monday, December 10th of 1990. Um, this was just after Tim Burton's Edward Scissorhands was released in theaters. I saw that, in, I think I saw that in the theater with our grandmother. All right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ted Turner and Jane Fonda just announced their engagement, so that's pretty cool. They, they were a staple of the 90s. And uh, that's pretty much it, I don't know. Yeah, Ted Turner and and uh, <laughs> Jane Fonda were kind of like the power couple of the '90s. I think, uh, I mean, really a power couple because they had millions and millions of dollars together. Um, did he ever see Jane? F- I mean, Ted Ted Turner. You must have seen him around the Atlanta area at some point, right, Kelly? I'm trying to remember. Um, I not that I can recall. I mean, I'm, I'm I know he was a, about you know around and about. And um, and everything, but at that age, I wasn't in Atlanta very often. Ah, okay. So I, because uh, my my mother was terrified to drive in Atlanta, and I, <laughs> I was too young to drive. I was like, I, I was so excited to get to college. I'm like, oh, I can go and visit places in Atlanta now. Because growing up, it was always like, oh, Atlanta's like this big scary place, and it's so far. Away. I'm like, we live 15 minutes away. <laughs> like, really not that big of a deal but whatever but um yeah i but i did visit the ted turner store and one of the the nicer malls um had a ted turner store and so he owned the rights to wizard of oz and gone with the wind at that time so it had a lot of uh, movie memorabilia and okay that sort of- i was like what do they have at the ted turner store just like big teeth yeah. or something I I, the, mustaches well, I makes sense the turner store. <laughs> but yeah it was stuff based on um turner classic movies okay more so than anything else, I think. All right. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. So, uh, and of course, we know Jane Fonda as uh, the woman who nowadays gets uh, arrested for protesting for good causes, environmental causes every week. It seems like I get a push alert. Jane Fonda yeah. arrested again. She accepted that one award, like as she's being arrested. I think. Really? Right? Well, maybe. I don't uh, know. That'd be great. Some like British award. I don't know. Just like, sorry, I couldn't be there, but I'm in jail for. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, Jane Fonda. Oh, Jane. Well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of today's episode. And we're going to start off with 
Mr. Popular's Rules of Cool. And Mr. Popular's Rules of Cool was directed by Art Vitello. In fact, I think all these these, uh, little segments were directed by Art. And it was written by the late, great Gordon Bresek. And Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in Mr. Popular's Rules of Cool? All right. Well, this is our second episode of Mr. Popular, at least. There's That's at least true. One. There's there's one that just happened like three episodes, episodes ago. I and started... did you have time to watch that one? No. <laughs> Me either. I didn't know I either. <laughs> so I don't remember. But we were introduced to Mr. Popular, and you're like, who's Mr. Popular? Yeah. It's Buster Bunny. It's Buster. It's like his alternate, uh, you know, it's a alter ego. Yeah. So, you know, he teaches you how to be popular. Um, and in this episode, um, people, you know, he's, he's got a, a studio audience and they're asking him like what it takes to be popular. And he's like, well, let me show you what not popular. And he shows, a, it's a, a picture of, uh, Hampton. He's like reading poetry and he's dressed like. He has a cool tie on. Yeah. It says he's dressed to his own taste, which I'm like, that's kind of cool. I think. And they're like, is that cool? And like, so they start doing some examples. Shake your booty. Shake. Shake. Shake, shake, shake. 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 Shake, shake, shake. You know, he, he's going to help him. He's kind of like Hitch, I decided, from... <laughs> Have you seen that movie with Will Smith? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he is Hitch, and he's going to help uh, Hampton... Be cool by teaching him how to get into like the cool club. I I think that's actually the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> you must prove your coolness to get into the cool club. <laughs> so you know you know it's cool. Um, and Arnold is the bouncer, and, voiced by Rob Paulson. Yeah. And the dodo bird tries to get in first. I I don't know what that dodo bird's name is. But... <laughs> Uh, it's, dodo. I think I've or go go. No, no, no. Go go's the dodo bird. This is yeah, the so buzzard. This is not a, buzzard. a dodo. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. The buzzard. I forget the like buzzard's name. Boring. Um. Anyways, he is not cool and is thrown out. And then Buster kind of tells him to like sneak in. <laughs> just be confident. Just, yeah. Just, just so it's all about attitude. I think you know, is all what, attitude. Um. What Babs tells him. Just attitude. And, you know. Uh. Unfortunately. Uh, as he's walking into the final door, Arnold slams it in his face, and then uh, Hampton's like almost falling over. But people think he's doing a cool dance, and uh, like Shirley and Go Go and Dizzy and Calamity all do like a Congo line and dance with him. I gotta, I gotta pause the the thing. By the way, after this cool conga line that they all get into, mm-hmm. his name's Con Concord Condor. There we go. He's yeah. He's not a he's not a buzzard. He's a condor. So it's Concord Condor doing the conga. Yes. Oh, well, I goodness. don't think he joins the conga. Oh, he's he's already thrown out. He's yeah, thrown but across. Go go is. Let's in see the, here. Yeah. Yep. He's not doing the conga. He's I'm not sorry. cool no. enough. <sighs> Darn it. Okay. <laughs> 
So, like, hey, Hampton's kind of cooler now, I guess. Uh, but then they start going through his music, and they decide uh, that his music all is terrible. And he's like, hey, I like this music. And he starts trying to put it on the record, and it's like he starts doing some weird scratching of the records, and everyone in the audience is like, this is awesome. Barry Manilow, Slim Whitman, Wayne Newton, Sam Fear. My records, how did you get them? Give me back my records. Oh, you won't be needing these now that you're a cool dude. But I don't want to be a cool dude. Okay. Zucky's one cool pig. Bad pattern to teach me. Like, get down with your bad piggy self or something. So they decide that he's really cool, and then uh, Babs and Buster are like, wait, maybe we're not cool. Um, and they're like, we, well, we know someone who is. So then they go to the cool club where in Hampton's the, uh, the DJ. His name's uh, DJ Hampton. What's his name? <laughs> DJ Pig or DJ something Pig, like that. Uh, Pig, Sir Pig's a lot. I don't know. <laughs> he looks, he, he does look, I mean, he looks like um, something in uh, Run DMC or something like that going yeah, on. He it, looks pretty cool. It's a pun on one of the, you know, names. That's why they call him Cool MC Pig. That you shall never see a pig that raps as cool as me. I'm dirty, I'm wordy, I've never doubted dirty, I'm cool. Um, and so it's ironic because he was the one that was supposed to not be cool, but now at the end, he is cool. He is cool because so he all, just it's all perspective, exactly. Uh, what, what were your what were your uh, any any moments in that uh, first cartoon that stood up for you, Kelly, that you liked? I, I thought it was funny when um, Hampton basically accidentally, that's a lot of adverbs, um, <laughs> hit his head and got dizzy and started dancing. And then people thought that was like on purpose and uh, that they thought that was really cool. <laughs> I particularly like the, the part right there where he's <laughs> Buster Bunny's talking about the the things that you should get Mr. Popular's Guide to Being Cool. Yeah, I really like the book. And the and the, he goes over the different steps and everything. What this subject needs is Mr. Popular's Guide to Being Cool. Also available in paperback. And if you send for our course, you'll receive this three-page book. These 42 long playing cassettes. Just count them. This coloring book. A bottle of health stinky. Guaranteed to help you lose weight and grow hair. Move along, kid. Quit hogging the camera. And buy real estate, whether you want to or not, because you need it. But the writing underneath it is pretty funny. It says, operators are standing by. What are you waiting for? Show a little backbone. Act now. Right now. Sorry. Too late. And then it goes, haha, just kidding. <laughs> so uh, there's this, it's a, it's kind of hard to read it as it's going because Buster's talking so fast. Yeah, I had He's to talk- play it twice because I was like, one time I was just listening to him talk. And then the next time I was like, I'm going to just read all these things because it's. Yeah, it was really funny. So you could see like, you know, like we were talking about. You know, just Gordon Bresick's, uh writing. Uh, it does have a little bit of. I think this episode, this first part, does have a little bit of an edge to it, where Buster and Babs are a little meaner. I think mm-hmm. than usually we're used to them being. Like, yeah, Hampton comes up and says, "Like, how do I be cool?" And like, just get away from me. <laughs> get away from me, you, 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 uh, social outcast yeah. or whatever they say to him. And the rules, I, I think, are pretty cool. The, the step. <laughs> He goes, step one, step two. Step two is pulling off the uh, the tag on the back of his shirt. 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember those, Nathan? I know the, the, those like, little things. I don't think they really put them on shirts anymore that much. But those little weird loops, I don't even know what they're for. But I do remember. Weren't they on Bugle Boys? May, oh, they were. On, I think, yeah, those denim shirts and everything. But yeah, they were on like a lot like of shirts. It for, on a <laughs> yeah, for hanging it on a hook if you're taking off your shirt to hang it on something. Just follow my three-step system. Step one, throw away that moldy old poetry book. Step two, rip that little loop off the back of your shirt. And step three, <laughs> watch out for step three. I used to have those things on the back of my shirt, though, in, in elementary school. Kids would pull them. <laughs> I think my brother had a shirt with one of those things, and people made fun of him. Yep. Yeah, it became a thing. Yeah, I, yeah. People had to rip them off or cut them off. I think I had one, and I actually had to cut one off. So, yeah, there we go. So we learned Hampton was cool after all. But let's go to the main event. I think of today's episode. And Kelly, let's get into Slug Fest. <laughs> And Slugfest was directed once again by Art Vitello, and it was written by Jim Reardon. And I hadn't seen the name Jim Reardon around, but I, so I had to look that up a little bit. I guess he worked on the uh, the Mighty Mouse cartoon series, and uh, you know when that came around in the late '80s. And he had a very interesting college film, I believe. I think it's called something like "Bring Me the Head of Charlie Brown." You can find it on YouTube. It's very, it's uh, it's pretty violent. But I saw it and I was like, "Wow, that's that was something else." So if you really want to see something sick and twisted, you can look that up. I believe it's. Oh, I love sick and twisted. Well, this is directed by Jim Reardon. It's it's imagine Taxi Driver and uh, Peanuts put together, and uh, you Uh get that. It's I think it's called Bring Me the Head of Charlie Brown or something to that regard. It's weird. Mm-mm. <laughs> Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in Slugfest? Okay. Well, Buster is uh, back on his cool show, and uh, he wants to know if anyone has any more questions about being cool. And uh, a turtle with an orange bandana around his eyes uh, asks a question, and I, I guess he's supposed to be Michelangelo? With, a, with, a, the with, teenage- the, with the wrong weapon. Jeez. Yeah. Whatever. That's why I said I saw a Ninja Turtle. I don't know which one it is. But. Oh, yes. he's Well, the orange bandana means it's... Uh, Michelangelo. 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 But the weapon means it's... it's a Psy. He was holding yeah, a Psy. Yeah, Raphael, right? Would that yeah. be Raphael. But maybe Michelangelo lost his nunchucks. Or maybe Raphael lost his bandana. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe there was a problem in the laundry. Laundry? Just all the... <laughs> uh... <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Popular... What if you've got a really favorite TV show and you watch it every day and you dress like the character on the show and you spend every dollar you have on toys and dolls and t-shirts from the show? Oh, would that be cool? Are you brain dead? A cool person would find better things to spend their money on than a bunch of cheesy toys. Then I guess I'll have to return all this Mr. Popular merchandise. Buster goes, well, there goes my Christmas bonus. <laughs> so, um, you know, they make you think that it... He's collects stuff from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. And it just reminded me of my old Sequest days because I had the Sequest hat and the Sequest shirt. And I'd watch the Sequest show and sing the Sequest theme, which really can't be sung because it's non-lyrical. But it had to have the lyrics. But um, I would hum it. <laughs> it just reminds uh, me of everything Star Wars that I buy. So, yeah. And apparently we're not cool, according to Buster. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So, um, <laughs> speaking of which, my sister literally just sent me a text that said, Baby Yoda! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, she was asking me about earlier about how what The Mandalorian was about. Okay, so um, the Hampton goes to Plucky's house, and Plucky's about to watch his favorite show, which is Immature Radioactive Samurai Slugs. And... Um, Speaking of the hat and T-shirt and everything, he's he's got all of it. He's the leader of the fan club. He gets all the merchandise and everything else. And he's singing and dancing to the show's opening credits. And he wants to be a samurai slug. And then a commercial comes on and they have samurai slug costumes. Look at the neat stuff I bought from him. A samurai slug T-shirt, baseball cap, and a two-way wrist slug. Gee, uh, what does it do? Nothing, but it only costs $19.95. Oh, boy, if I could only be a samurai slug. Now you can own your very own samurai slug costume made out of rugged paper mache. Be the first rad kid on your block to dress like a slimy, worm-like mollusk. Just send $29.95 to Drooling Fanboy Productions today. Did you hear that? It's just what we need to be real samurai slugs. Quick, do you have any money? No, I'm broke. Say, uh, why don't we become samurais the way the slugs did on TV? Why, sure. Why didn't I think of that before? And so Plucky decides that he and Hampton need their own costumes. So they decide to make them out of potato sacks. Yes. And uh, they, I mean, I think they do a passable job. It, it, better than what I could do making something out of a potato sack. By the way, I think so this would he, be perfect cosplay for anybody who really wants to do something at a Comic-Con. I mean, this, <laughs> this, this Plucky and Hampton cosplay... You know, That'd be, be plucky and Hampton as, as immature radioactive samurai slugs. It would be hard, but man, oh man, would it be impressive if I saw somebody walking around with as a duck with eyes ball eyeballs protruding. Yeah, the big eyes. Yeah. I think would be difficult. Let's do yeah. it, Nathan. And- Let's do it. <laughs> Get little balloons. I think would be. Uh, yep. Okay, we're getting a plan. We're writing this down. Okay. <laughs> so, so they they did take the the. Um, headband, eye band, bandana, whatever you call it. And they, they tie it around their eyes and the, their eyes do pop out. And so they, they really start looking like slugs. Um, and uh, then they hear someone yelling for help and it's actually Elmira in her kitchen and they go to assist her in their slug mobile. And uh, it turns out she's actually trying to hit slugs and uh, that's mm-hmm. not really good for them. Chill out, babe. The slugs are here. Yeah, get liberal. Or is that radical? Get out of here, you sluggy-wuggy. I hate slimy things. So she hits them with her broom and chases after them, and they run away. But then all of a sudden, they are in the immature radioactive samurai slug stunt show, which brought to mind the Indiana Jones epic stunt spectacular. Yes, which I've never seen in person, by the way. <laughs> well, I've never been to Disney World. Oh, I'm just glad that's still around, despite despite everything. Uh, that show is I even, still I even around. I went to one um, the night during one of the celebrations when they closed down 
indoor, which was my first sighting of, um, or they called it last night on indoor. Uh-huh. Last ride. What do they call it? I think last night on indoor. Anyway, <laughs> they, um, this is when they shut down Star Tours to revamp it. Uh-huh. And George Lucas was there, and that was my first sighting of George Lucas. But anyway, the Epic Stunt Spectacular was a special show for that night only. They did a couple of, of shows of it where it was Star Wars mashed up with Indiana Jones. Oh, wow. It, like, Warwick, I think Warwick Davis was there in the audience, and, oh, gosh, someone else. Uh, several of the you know Star Wars cast members were actually in the audience watching the show and everything, and it was... It's amazing. So um, it might be on YouTube somewhere. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm sure it probably it has to be somewhere. But yeah, you should definitely check it out if you come come over to the East Coast. I will. So um, the uh, then they start dodging ninja stars that are being thrown at them, and they have uh, basically like cardboard swords, and they're closing their eyes and holding the swords out, and the ninjas almost seem to like jump. You know. Back, jump off of them uh they don't attack them or anything so i don't know it's all just like a stunt show so it's supposed to look real i guess but it doesn't <laughs> so um the iodizer who's the bad guy he's getting his costume ready but then the real iodizer comes and replaces him it's the iodizer <sighs> the samurai slugs my arch enemies no wrong pal <laughs> we're not real samurai slugs we're just pretending yeah i'm really a pig very funny and i'm not really the iodizer my friends call me salty feet <laughs> they leave the stunt show and they're trying to take the costumes off but there's no zippers because lucky forgot all about that and then they they're chasing each other all around the map of the United States and then end up in Utah and the great salt flats of Utah. And the league of icky crawly things tries to save them. Oh no, it's the league of icky crawly things. Look, it's Sergeant Roach and his cockroach commandos. Ah, sound off you maggots. Captain Hookworm and Long John Silverfish. Superfly, Dung Beetle Bailey, Archie Leach, Judy, 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 and look, the lowest life form of all, a TV executive. I just don't know till I see the ratings. Uh, and then he just stomps, stomps them on, stomps them underfoot. But then they go into an elk's lodge, and the elks need some salt lick, and. I swear, every time I watch this episode, I, I always forget what Salt Lake is. But, <laughs> handily enough, they flash <laughs> the definition in front of you. You know, for people like me who didn't grow up around, I don't know. Farms or, yeah. Elk, we have a, we had whatever. rabbits growing up, so they had to have Salt Licks. Mm-hmm. So we knew oh. all about Salt Lake. Oh, darn it. We're out of Salt Lake. For those of you raised in the city, a salt lick is a large block of salt that animals lick to replenish body minerals and avoid dehydration. Ahem! Like I said, we're out of salt lick! I aren't. There's one right over there. Hey, get away! Stop that! Leave me alone, pal! Get away from me! Stop! Stop! <laughs> 
they say that the moral of the story is just say no to slugs. <laughs> yeah, say no to slugs. Because, you know, back in the 80s, there was a slogan that says, say no to drugs. Yes, and it all worked. And the, be- the oh, war yeah, on so drugs was won. We have no problem with drugs. It seems worse now than it was when I was it a kid. It really does, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, well. I mean, now there's a, what, an opioid epidemic? Exactly. We didn't, right. have, we didn't yeah. have none of that when I was a kid. Yes. We just we just had those, uh, what is like, PCP-laden uh, stickers that you licked. Oh, yeah. PCP, <laughs> L- LSD, or whatever. I don't or know LSD, what it was. I don't know. I, I, I just remember one time a classmate gave me some of those stickers to lick, and I brought them what? home. And I, my it, they weren't they didn't have drugs on them okay but my mother was concerned <laughs> and the next day she had to come to my classroom and give a speech and warn all the kids in my classroom about how how you have to be so careful and you only use self stick stickers and none of the ones that you like and i'm i mean i'm i think it i mean i don't know how prevalent it was maybe it's it was kind of like the Razor blades and, and Halloween candy. Yeah, like, that's what I always a, thought. A scare than I mean, because yeah. how often One does person, it actually happen? Yeah, happened. but I was so embarrassed. Oh my goodness! But I I never licked a sticker. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there we go. So there, we, there's our immature radioactive samurai slugs uh, cartoon. There's a there's a few references in it. There's a dung beetle Bailey instead of uh, beetle Bailey. It's dung beetle Bailey mm-hmm. in the icky crawly things uh, league. And uh, one that was really obscure for me was the uh, what's this? Well, there's Superfly, which you know, there's you know, Superfly Someone's saying you're popular, you're yeah, Superfly, Superfly, and I think there's actually a, a disco a, song a character. I think. So, and then there was Archie Leach uh, saying Judy, 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 and I was like, mm. wait, that's Cary Grant. Why is he saying? Why is he calling him Archie Leach? Well, uh, Archie or uh, Gary Cary Grant's real name was like Archibald Leach or Archie Leach or something like weird. that. Weird. So okay. There you go. It was a very – that was a weird <laughs> reference that I, the kids would not get today. No, even but, at the time. <laughs> yeah. But one of, the, one of the coolest things was talking about the painters, I think, when uh, the instead of Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Leonardo, <laughs> famous Renaissance painters, mm. they all you know did a, a roll call and they were Picasso – Warhol, Rockwell, like Norman Rockwell, mm-hmm. and Grandma Moses, who I had to look up because I wasn't that familiar with Grandma Moses. She was uh, an artist in the, you know, she actually became an artist, like, I think in her 70s. And Yeah, she was old. She older. was older. She died, she died in the 60s. But, um, yeah, I, she, I looked at some of her artwork. It's very... It's very uh, pasture-esque, you know, a lot of horses and uh, country homes and stuff like that. But that's Grandma Moses. And then when Plucky and Hampton become samurai slugs, instead of calling themselves painters, one of them's called uh, Sherwin Williams, <laughs> Sherman Williams or Sherwin Williams, whatever the thing, Sherwin Williams, which of course is a paint shop. And the other one's Earl Scheib, who of course is the, the car painting company. So cute, clever, clever, clever stuff. Uh but that's that's the references I kind of saw that I that stood out for me that I thought were cool. But Nathan, were there any moments in this that uh, you really particularly liked? I like when they got in their slug mobile, and then instead of like driving like a car, it just moves like a slug, kind of flops just, around. Yeah, and uh, I was very confused at why they were scared of salt. 
Uh, but apparently it does affect them. We like don't the have slug. we don't have uh, slugs. That's one thing I learned from this. Actually, and I should mention it. As a kid, I, I we never put salt on slugs because Arizona doesn't really have slugs. No, we're, not, we're too dry for uh, insects or mollusks that uh, are essentially snails with no shell. Yeah, we've seen I've seen snails. Been plenty of snails, yeah, but, but no slugs. At least not in the desert area. Slugs basement but they haven't been around i haven't seen any See, years, I, years i didn't know that slugs could actually be in the house when i saw like uh elmira slapping the slugs inside the house i was just like i do not i don't get this this is something that that i'm like do slugs really go in the house i've seen them like maybe out in the woods or something but they can. Ugh, gross yeah well then i i thought when they're like oh we'll we'll be, we'll do what the slugs did to become samurai slugs. I thought they were going to like get like radioactive <laughs> or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, they just. I'm glad they up. just went for the dressing up. Yeah, like I did like that part too. Though the whole, uh, you know, you can become a samurai slug. You can wear this uh, costume made of a uh, rugged, paper rugged paper mache yeah. <laughs> for only like thirty twenty nine ninety five. Exactly. So, uh, which made me think. Now, Kelly, did you watch the Ninja Turtles growing up? Yes. Well. Did, could you not tell by the fact that I knew that Michelangelo was the one with <laughs> yeah, the orange? That's true. And Raphael had the side. Well, that's true. That's true. By the way, everyone out there should watch The Toys That Made Us uh, season three because the first episode deals with Ninja Turtles and Rob Paulson's in it, of course. And Rob Paulson does the voice of Grandma Moses in in this. He's a radioactive samurai slug and he's a Ninja Turtle. Wow. He's two two Ninja Turtles. Uh, but and he's a samurai slug, so there you go. But uh, it's a really cool uh, episode. The first uh, episode of the third season d- deals with Ninja Turtles, and I just was watching that, going, "Yep, had that one, had that one, had that one." <laughs> and then I thought, going through this episode, "Hey, I actually have some things still from Ninja Turtles days." And look at this, Nathan. I have my photo album here. It's a visual podcast. A visual podcast. Well, Nathan will describe what he's. Well, I'll describe what he's holding. Okay. Uh, it's it's basically in the back of the flyers. I used to get everything I could from Ninja Turtles, and basically I made a scrapbook of all the 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 things that they would have, like in the back of the uh, uh, the 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 toys. They would have these little guides, and they had little stupid, horrible jokes. And pictures of the Ninja Turtles. I'll take some pictures of this stuff just to show everybody what it looks like on the on our show notes over at animaniacast.com so you can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> but these are horrible jokes. Some of them don't make sense to okay. me. What, what, like what? These, all, these are good. How do you insult a turtle? Tell him his shell smells. Shell smells? That's the joke is that it rhymes? Yeah, I think that's the joke. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. You can just tell him he okay. smells. Uh, why does Bebop eat so much? He likes to make a pig of himself. Uh-huh. Bebop's that's the right. pig. Bebop's um, the pig. Uh, what do you call a foot soldier in jail? A foot locker. Uh, why did Leonardo take the foot soldier to the shoe store? He wanted to give him the boot. He took them to the Foot Lockers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a bunch of these. I don't know why I saved all these, but I'm glad I did because it's just such an obscure thing. And they're so terrible. And, that... Yeah, and then I have, like, some of the back of the cards I saved from the action figures. You know, so I have, mm-hmm. like, a, a Usagi Ojimbo, a Metalhead, 
Uh, I have this little thing for coming out of our shells. The three ninety nine you can get with any pizza pizza purchase. Uh, I apparently clipped it from a a thing. That, that's the other thing too with this stunt show that they were showing with the slugs. I was thinking of this Ninja Turtles uh, coming out of our shells cassette, which we had gotten, and I remember listening to this. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. It's not the best music. And then flipping the page again, <laughs> I have a flyer from Toys R Us where you can uh, we have the it has the Ninja Turtles really? video game. It has a Ninja Turtles costume, which mm-hmm. we had. Yeah, I don't think it was. I think it was too big for it, but it cost eleven ninety nine. So you could dress up like it Leonardo. Seems like you're just learning to scrapbook, and yeah, you're like what? it's some real basic Where's stuff. Some trash I can put in. Hey, <laughs> but you know what? It should have been thrown away. But I'm glad I kept it because <laughs> it's like it's just little things like that. Like uh, it was important to me, young eleven year old Joey. At, you know, when I was going all through this stuff. So there we go. Anyway, so I love Ninja Turtles, and that's I. It's probably why I remember it so much is just because it was parodying something that I really liked. Yeah, so well, I um I liked it too. I mean, I my brother was the one that got me into it, and uh, I would play with him with the action figures, but we could never find an April O'Neil action figure ever. And so what I ended up doing was taking some cardstock and making like a cardboard April that I drew with markers. And kind of like a paper doll, except she didn't. I didn't change clothes or anything on her. I just drew her clothes on because <laughs> we didn't have an April O'Neil, and I didn't understand then as a little girl how they short stacked, short stocked um, female action figures yeah. because quote unquote they didn't sell. They're less popular. We had an April. Yeah, we had an April O'Neil. Yeah, because we're yeah. You, well, know, you we're should have come over to Tucson. We had them. We had all of them. And uh, just so we know, uh, we you know. With me and I have three other brothers, we all had we had all the Ninja Turtles stuff. We had a mm-hmm. ton of it. We had the sewer. Uh, we had the turtle mobile. The t- yeah, turtle I love the turtle van. That was awesome. Uh, the blimp. We had the blimp. Mm-hmm. At least one because would, the blimp feel would like pop. It broke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it popped a couple times. We we had uh, we had the Krang, uh, giant, giant suit Krang. Yeah, which I remember uh, brother Clay and I got into a lot of trouble because we decided to sneak out. Uh, during the summer because I was like, I think it's at Toys R Us. So I was like, we'll just get on our bikes and go. And I didn't realize this, but it was really far. It was like five mi- at least five miles away from our house, <laughs> between five and ten miles away. But uh, we went all the way to – we got all the way to Toys R Us, and we put it into our, our bag, and we started heading back. And then my brother Clay fell off his bike, and then we had to call home <laughs> to get picked oh, up. No. And we got in so much trouble. Oh, uh, we still got the toy. Clay has had the worst luck with bikes. Yeah, he really is. He's <laughs> fallen off bikes more than anybody. Well, Master anyway. Splinter was the best. He, he was a cool one. I know that comes as mm. no su- surprise for someone who loves Yoda. But he was always so wise. And, you know, that that's who I always played when we played with the action figures. I'm like, I'm Master Splinter. Yeah, I really like the original action figures, too, because they didn't look like the cartoon series it always it always felt like you could play like with the toys and make the make it a little more like edgier perhaps or something Mm. like that because they always they felt like they were a little bit i don't know uh just rougher around the edges or something so those toys were really really awesome um and we all had different roles i was always michelangelo i was always Raphael. that's right 
and uh, Nick was Donatello, and Clay was Leonardo, and Nathan was Raphael because nobody really liked I Raphael. Have last pick. Yeah, Nathan always got last pick on every. It was Ninja Turtles or Ghostbusters <laughs> or uh, no. like gargoyles or gar. Oh well, yeah, I didn't you play didn't gargoyles. Play it at all? So yeah, so I didn't care about that. I think I was two characters on gargoyles. I was the <laughs> really old guy and the dog. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember the life of the life of uh, being brothers. Anyway, there right. you go. That's that's our. Uh, so I really liked uh, uh, radioactive samurai slugs. And is there anything else in this uh, segment that stood up, stood up for you, Kelly? That you liked? Uh no. I think everything's been mentioned. All right. Well, let's get to the last one right here, and this is called venison. Anyone? And Venison, Anyone, was directed once again by Arfatello, and it was written by Charles M. Howe IV. And he was just on our show recently. If you could go listen to that episode, we talked all about him uh, working with Gordon Bresick on Animaniacs and even Tiny Toons, like, uh, like this, this episode. Yeah. This segment. I don't think we talked about <laughs> We didn't segment. talk about this episode. <laughs> well, this segment, it's, a, it's pretty straightforward. It's, you know, one of the things they, you know, talk about being cool, and Montana Max says the best way to be cool is with a shotgun which is weird but he chases uh buster around the studio with a shotgun and at one point even buster has the shotgun again as they're whirling around the chair it goes into this cartoon where montana max is going to go hunting for deer and so he's doing the whole elmer fudd thing in fact this is essentially just a bugs bunny cartoon Mm -hmm. but with with the the deer deer and montana max (laughs) instead of a uh, Elmer Fudd or anything like that, which is kind of a weird mix because you look at Elmira, Elmira Duff is supposed to be Elmer Fudd. Hmm. You see the Duff but and the Fudd? Montana Max supposed to be uh, Yosemite it, Sam? Yosemite Sam. But like, what's the connection between the names in that Just one? Yosemite is a place in, in right? Yosemite, Montana. Montana. Okay. Hmm. You see Yosemite and all, yeah. So there's the connection. So kind of like, he's kind of and he kind of acts a little bit more like Yosemite Sam voice-wise and everything, I yeah. think, than Elmer. So anyway, he's chasing it around, and they do a lot of uh, – it's kind of cool because Montana Max moves out with his limo to the middle of the woods, and it pops up like a pop tent. But instead of a tent, it's his entire mansion pops out. And Montana Max goes out with his rifle. A bunch of deer run away except for this little deer. kind of looks like Bambi, except his name is Vinny. Hey, Daniel Boo, what's with the gun? I'm gonna shoot me a deer. You think you'll find any? They're pretty clever. Yeah, but I'm smarter and I've got sharp eyes. You know, the other woodland creatures are too gentle to bother this guy. Good thing for them I'm around. So he proceeds to say, oh, he's over here, he's over here, and, you know, misleading Montana the entire way. At one point, he... fact takes montana max's uh gun puts it into a kiln and melts it down to nothing or to a little thing and squishes uh montana max with it uh montana max tries to catch him with a a rope uh like a lasso lasso trap yeah Yeah. and Vinny has this funny line about "Ooh, a steak and he pulls the steak holding the rope a nice juicy steak Normally, I'm a vegetarian, but if you insist, I'll cheat just this once. Give me that back! Perhaps I should quickly move. And, of course, Montana Max goes back and forth and goes out into outer space and flies away. 
uh, lands back down onto what should be some mattresses. But go figure. There's an anvil in there. Oh. It all <laughs> concludes with uh, with the Vinny about to get caught. But he's in front of this cave, and there's a sign on the cave. And Montana, from what Montana can see, it says Deer Cave. Yeah. And not, like words are being covered up. Words are being like, covered, but, but apparently you can clearly see Montana Max has not very good eyesight at all. It says Deer Cave, though. You can clearly see those words. <laughs> He's definitely seen Deer Cave, because <laughs> of course we all know deer love to you know, sleep in caves. Um, so <laughs> Montana Max runs in there, and wouldn't you know it? It's actually bears are in there because Vinny was blocking very important words. It says Deer Keep Out. Bear cave, right? Because you know how the people deer. put up signs for the deer to warn deer that yeah. there's a bear cave. Yeah, watch out! <laughs> uh, and of course, you know that's that's the end right there. Well, anyway, uh, by the way, Vinny did a. This kind of really upset me watching this because I'm like, Vinny is not doing a good job of blocking the sign. You can no. totally re- it. It gave away the joke. So so like when it, it wasn't a good. <laughs> joke necessary. Like I was hoping for like a better pun. I was like, really? Like, does it really I just think, say "deer keep out yeah, bear cave"? Think, like, well, I think that's the joke in itself. It's that it's such a ridiculous sign. Yeah. Like, why would deer? Why would you put up a sign for deer to keep I out? Guess. I was hoping. I, I thought. I'm. I'm guessing they were like, oh, we'll have it say "deer cave" and we'll like have it. You know, we'll think of a good pun and they're like, oh, whatever, just put deer. Cave. <laughs> <laughs> I think they even like thought that was funny. Well, to like. Just give up. Well, anyway, it's it's essentially you know if you if you've seen Bugs Bunny cartoons, you you've seen you know you see this. It's kind of like a I wouldn't call it a ripoff. It's a it's an homage, homage, yeah. homage. It's an homage to uh, to a Bugs Bunny cartoon to a ripping off of cartoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I wish I I wish I could uh, remember the exact uh, Bugs Bunny one. You know, but he does do the exact same things. If, of, well, that's uh, more than like, one. Look, Doc, underneath the, uh, you know, the, the rabbit's under here, the rabbit's under here, you know, mm-hmm. and all, all that. I was like, I remember seeing Bugs Bunny doing this stuff. So uh, it was it was cute, but uh, that's pretty much it. Is there anything, Nathan, that you saw in this that you really liked, you thought was cool? Um, I like guns. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a lesson, don't play with guns, yeah. which I thought was that's nice, nice. Which did make me think that we should do, we should definitely review a band episode of Tiny Toons where uh, it was supposed to be the lesson of don't drink and drive. Oh. But uh, the Tiny Toons, like Buster, I think I think Buster and Plucky, maybe Hampton, actually do drink beer and then they go driving and they oh. get into an accident and they die or something. Um, Dark. Yeah, let's yeah, watch that. We should at some point. So, yeah, this one does the, – the idea of having a gun, a rifle – for the kids too, in a yeah. kids cartoon is is definitely weird. Like, it never gets fired. Montana Max is a kid. Like, how old is he supposed to be? Yeah, but I knew kids like yeah, Montana Max growing true. up that had, that loved hunting and everything. So as me, I was I wasn't a big yeah. deal. It's just the fact that it there's a you know two kid characters chasing each other around with a rifle. Today you would never see that, right? And I mean, it's he's it's hunting basically a, a human. The Bambi is like an, anthropomorphic, so <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It gets like Ooh, I don't know, but uh, no, it was, it was fine. Like, there's some funny little quips, I guess. Okay, <laughs> Kelly, what about you? I I thought it was kind of funny when they he took the he, he was like, oh, it's it's a nice juicy steak and. 
I kept looking at the ground like, where's the steak? And then I realized it's steak, S-T-A-K-E. Yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> I felt kind of dumb. but um, I, I, I'm right with you. No, I, yeah, I, I did the same thing. I was like, like where's the steak? I don't eat meat, but I'm like, oh, man, like there's meat somewhere in this shop. I know. It's like I looked right in the middle of that circle. It's like, I don't see any steak. So I'm sure, especially as kids, like. They're, even afterwards, I'm sure they didn't. Like, like, I don't get it. Because not everyone knows it's called a steak, I'm assuming. Yeah. Peg. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, that is, that's our episode right there. Those are our three segments of Mr. Popular. And uh, let's go ahead and get to or Mr. Popular's Rules of Cool or whatever yeah. it's called, the whole thing. There's another one called Mr. Popular. I think, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Well, out of five water towers, how many would you give this particular episode? Nathan, let's start with you. Ooh, Joey, I'm going to have to say three and a half. Why? I don't know. Why not? No. Uh, <laughs> I like the Samurai Slugs. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the Bambi one. And I guess, you know, you need the rules of cool for an overarching story. So um, It so tied it together fine. pretty yeah, well. it tied it well. I mean, it seemed like the Bambi one was kind of thrown in. Just They just have that little intro. Yeah. But it could have been in any episode. You know? That's kind of true, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, oh, yeah. so could the Samurai Slugs, really, Samurai too. Slugs, as well. The That's only a, one that really, it was a Hampton was like, that was Mr. Popular. Mm-hmm. This was cool. Whatever. So, they I still think, did a good job of tying together. Yeah, they did a good job of finding little intros to each one. So uh, I'll give that to the first one. Uh, yeah, three and a half. It was, it was good. Mostly the Samurai Slugs, though. Was the... Okay. Kelly, what about you? I also am going to go with three and a half, basically for the same reasons as uh, Nathan. I um, I don't even remember the other two segments from when I watched the episode originally, but I do remember the Samurai Slugs, and like I said, I, I remember the song. So um, I didn't find them particularly strong, but Samurai Slugs was enough to, to give it a little bit of a higher rating, and it was a lot of fun. I will give it three and a half as well. Uh, so we're in triple agreement. Woo! Woo! Uh, the only thing that made me a little confused about with the whole Samurai Slugs thing is, wait, so the iodizer is real? <laughs> and he's very stupid that he doesn't realize like a, t- a show is... <laughs> like There's no way that he's there would have been, even still, if things weren't... Yeah, so the whole concept of the uh, the real iodizer being there and being confused, that, that is a little confusing if you stop and think about it. And like apparently they became actual slugs because they were actually afraid of salt. That's what I was confused about, like, why they were running away from the iodizer. And like, if he's just putting salt on you, like, that's that's fine. Like, yeah. salt is not going to hurt a human or a that's duck true, or a but pig. Plucky, or... Plucky just really gets into role-playing. So well, when he gets yeah. hit by salt, he will melt. Yeah, as seen at the slug. very end. I, I like that they showed that. Cause... Well, anyway, I like the look of it, and I, I, I really like the Samurai Slugs one. Yeah, so, yeah definitely very cute and funny. And... Yeah, three and a half for me, so hooray. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Oh, actually, before we do, let's, let's read a review. We have a new review on Apple Podcasts. Woo! And, we need a review song. Okay, Nathan, hit us with the Apple Podcast review song. This is the Apple Podcast review song. It goes like this, and then I sing a song, and then you go with grits. <laughs> go with grits. <laughs> All right. I don't know, nothing else rhymes with this, so... 
<laughs> okay, well, let's go ahead and get to our review. So we just got a, a recent review in, and this came from Ald0814. And his review, or her review, or whoever, their, their review, I should say, says, yes, always. Or, yes. Anyway. It all started with the news of the reboot, and a friend shared a shared a shared. I think he meant to put just one shared or two shared, but he shared <laughs> a photo. Again and again. <laughs> again, and again and again. He shared it so many times. A friend shared a photo of the original voice actors, but in the corner was the logo. Animani cast? What's that? It's awesome. I love it and thank you for this. I loved the show in its original run and I'm loving it more as an adult. I can't wait until the Freakazoid discussions. Keep up the great work. Peace sign with two fingers. And uh, yes, thank you very much, Ald0814. And happy birthday, I'm assuming, on August 14th. Probably. We're going to assume five star review right there. So thank you so much for that five star review. And if you folks out there want to do an Apple podcast review, uh, it's pretty easy to rate, I think, podcasts once you have the the app, but it's mm-hmm. a little more tricky doing a review. But the main thing you need to do is have an iPhone and then, you know, leave the have review some, in there. You know, dedication to want to do it, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> it's there. You can do it. And yeah. if, you, if you do it and it's nice and positive, Heck, we'll, we'll we'll read it on the show eventually. Eventually, one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for that, and uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. So, Nathan, where can people reach you online? Oh, Joey, I'm on Twitter, uh, Django FT. That's me. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess Y O D A P R N C S S. Or you can email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. Okay, and as for the Animaniacast, we're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player. And, of course, you can also subscribe to the RetroZap podcast feed. We are a proud member of the RetroZap.com community. And if you subscribe to that feed, you can not only hear our podcast, but all the other fantastic RetroZap podcasts, too. And get everything pop culture related that you could possibly want to hear, especially Star Wars. There's a little thing called the Mandalorian that's out right now. It has a little guy in it that weird. So cute. <laughs> so cute. It's some weird cuteness going on. Uh, but he's a cute weirdness. I'm sorry. We- cute weirdness. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we're, of course, it's a great place to go. You can, If you want to talk about all that, too, you can go to Discord discord.animaniacast.com will give you the welcome link there and you can talk to us and all the other RetroZap folks about anything pop culture related that you could possibly want to. Some great positive discussions there and uh, it's a great place to go to especially to escape the crazy negativity that is all around the internet. Yeah, so, it's a positive place. It's so po- I'm positive that it's positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that... Let's go ahead and wrap it up. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, Joey. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs>
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Someone's in trouble! Ready to rumble, Sherwin Williams? Uh, Bunkakawa, Earl Shine.